we're just going to drop a little nugget here, a little nugget there, and kind of hope to give us some handles throughout the summer so that even when we go into August, we're not going into August saying that, you know, in our 21 days of prayer, saying, God, please meet me again. But we're kind of springing into it because we never left him. And, and we, never, we never left some things that really were giving us life. And so today, the first summer essential is this. It's God's presence. Uh, like, let's just kick it off with the, with the most important thing. Come on, can you say it with me? Say, God's presence. God's presence. God's presence. Yeah, God's presence is, is a necessity. Like, you, you really, in fact, I would say it like this. Like, you can't, really, nothing would be going on in this world without God's presence. See, because there's a couple different kinds of presence when we're talking about God's presence. For instance... The psalmist talks about God's omnipresence, which means he's everywhere all at once. In fact, I'm reading this book right now. I'm rereading it, and it's called The Attributes of God, and it's by A.W. Tozer. I love this book. If you've ever read any of A.W. Tozer's work, you, he's rich. I mean, you got to read it slow if you're like me because you you're a little slow, so you got to read like, or I'm a little slow, so I have to read him a little slow because almost every sentence is deep. It's like, it's like reading the Apostle Paul. But he talks about the kind of the infinitude of God and just this reality that, that God is boundless. God is constantly moving. He's constantly everywhere and in everything. And the psalmist says it like this in Psalm 139, verse 7. He says, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? And he's talking about the, the omnipresence. Like everywhere that I go, God is there. So let me just tell you, everywhere, everywhere you are, God is there, whether you, whether you realize it or not. He's, he's just always there, but, but here's the issue, is you don't always know that he's there, right? Like someone can be in the room, like, like one of my kids told us the other day, and it, it really freaked me out, like I haven't slept well since this, and you'll understand this once I say it. They let me know that um, periodically in the night hours that they just walk around the house. <laughs> yeah, and they just watch us sleep. And that was my reaction. It was, it was more like, ex excuse me? What, 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 was, what, what was that? And they said, yeah, I'm, I, I just walk around the house and I, I watch you guys sleep sometimes. And I was like, no, no, you don't. And they said, yes, I do. I'm like, no, because I'm a light sleeper. <laughs> They're like, apparently you're not. <laughs> And so when you say, like you, like, you watch us sleep, like, what do you mean? Like, I stand over you and I watch you sleep. <laughs> so I got my oil, and I put it all over their door frame. Keep them in there, God. No. <laughs> I didn't do all that. But it freaked me out, man. But, but, but it's like, what do you mean? And, and they were just letting me know, like, yeah, I can't sleep sometimes. And so I just walk around, and I check the doors to make sure they're locked, and I make sure that all you guys are still breathing. I'm like, are, are you like, what do you mean? Like, are you curious? She's like, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm just wanting to make sure you're alive. And I was like, oh, oh, that, okay, that's, that's a little better, but still a little concerning. And, and you know, and then they're, they're, they're sitting there, and so, so I said, what, how about you not do that? They said, why not? I said, because that's my job. Like, if anyone's going to walk, walk around and make sure that, like, people are alive, like, I'll do that. You stay in your bed and just know you're alive. Like, be good with that. And, and, and let's, <laughs> let's keep it there. So ever since we had that conversation, I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, y'all. I'm just letting you know. Like, I, like, like, I'm trying to figure, like, why can't I? Like, I'm not drinking as much coffee anymore. Why am I not sleeping so good? Because that person told me that they watched me as I sleep at night. Oh, my goodness. But I don't know that they're there. That's like the omnipresence of God. God is always there. He's always watching. He's in everything. Like, he's in everything. He's, he's, he's a part of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's just in it. doesn't mean that he likes it, but he's just in it. He, like, he's there. He, 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 he's just, you know, if, if he wasn't omnipresent, he couldn't be God. There's just this reality, because there'd mean, that would mean that he's missing something. And so how could you worship a God that's missing something, right? He, he, he's all in all. This is why we say he's all in all. Right, Everything exists in him and through him and by him and for him. And so th this is our God. But the, the psalmist here is talking about this, this omnipresence where he's just always there whether you realize it or not. And people are in stuff, doing things, and God is right there whether they realize it or not. So this, here's what that means, that they're, they're missing the benefit of his presence. Because if he's always there, that means that there's something always available 
to us. Are you, are you, are you seeing, seeing this? And so I want to talk to you about the manifest presence of God today. It, it's essential that we experience and engage the manifest presence of God every day in our life. Whether you're, listen, you, we have church service one time a week. And if you're like gung-ho and you're like all about it, you are at both services every single week. Let me just tell you, that's not enough for you. It's still not enough for you. This is what Psalm 1611 says. I love this verse. It says this, You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And so the psalmist is saying, Listen, it, it's, you, you actually show me life. Like, you actually show me how to live. You actually, in fact, the Hebrew word here is the word high. And, and it's correlated with the same Greek word, zoe, where Jesus, remember in John 10, where Jesus says, I am the true shepherd. And he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's that zoe life. And here's what this, this in the Hebrew, the, this word high means. It, it literally means to, to bring you vigor, to bring you refreshment. One of the words is literally to revitalize. Yeah, to, to, to bring you satisfaction, to bring you in abundance, to, to bring you enjoyment. And so the psalmist here is saying, it's in your presence that I find. Now, this is just kind of a play on words, but let me say it like this. It's in your presence that I find my high. Like, I, that's where I find my relief. That's where I find my satisfaction. That's where I find my joy. That's where I find my peace. It's, it's in your presence. You show me how to get my life. And so many of us, unfortunately, because here, here's what I, I, I've come to know about every single person is every single person desires to have true life, to have, to have this high, to have this zoe, this abundant life where they have, where you have strength, and you have, you have vigor, you have energy, you have sustenance about you, you have refreshment about you, especially after a long day where you can sit down and you can exhale and truly get refreshed. And here's the, here's the hard thing. Everyone wants it, but not everybody knows how to get it. And because everybody wants it and everybody's trying to get it, so many of us are unfortunately getting it the wrong way, or I should say this, getting a counterfeit life. We're getting the counterfeit of it. It's kind of like, any candy lovers in here? Any candy lovers? Come on, raise, raise them high. I got mine up for a reason. Like, I, <laughs> hey, and I am not trying to get off of it. <laughs> okay, so I, I wish it was a spiritual gift. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of my kids, they're like, I'm like, man, you love sugar. And they're like, and I know exactly where I get that from. Yep. And they just look at me, and I'm like, you doggone right, girl. Let's go to five below. <laughs> Get us some Mike and Ikes or something, right? But you know, you know the reality is the reason that we go after all the sugar and all this really, you could say, this processed or synthesized sugar is because we're going after what we think the sugar is giving us. See, because your body is actually craving the nutrients of the fruit. Your body's craving it. And so the sweetness and all those things that come from the fruit and the vegetables, the healthy, the, real, the true food that God has provided for us, your body's trying to go for it, but your body doesn't know how to get it. And so what man has done is man has synthesized fruit. Man has synthesized those vitamins, those nutrients that we're going after. But you know the issue with something that's synthesized? It's not real. It's, it's, just, it's not the real thing. And so the issue with it is you just, you, you leave, you actually leave empty. So, I, I don't know about you, but have, has anybody ever gotten full off candy? Come on, just be real. Some of y'all are like, thank you, I appreciate you. You're going to heaven. You are too. <laughs> hey, yeah, somebody else want to raise a hand now too. Like, oh, me too, yeah. Let's testify, right? <laughs> not, not the kind of service. I just wanted to get you. <laughs> but, but, but no, you, I mean... Let's say it like this. Have you ever gotten full off of fast food? You know what that is? It's synthesized food. Another term for it is processed. But you know what's interesting is after you eat that stuff and you're like, oh, about five or ten minutes later, what are you saying? I'm hungry. Why? Because you're actually not satisfied. Because you didn't get the real thing. 
See, because what your body's craving is fiber. Fiber helps sustain you and keeps you full. Fiber breaks some things down in your system so that, so that things can flow through. And so you start talking about how I felt good, but now I feel horrible. And you think that it's that McDonald's on that road. So then you go to the other one. And you trick yourself into thinking that you don't feel the same stuff at that one that you felt at the other one. Because you're like, well, them people are crazy over there. And then all of a sudden you say, those workers, they moved over to this one. So let me try the other one again, right? And then now you know all the McDonald's in the 25-mile square, square mile radius of your, your house. Right? But you still keep having the same issues. And it's because you're filling your body with synthesized products. That's why, like, even, even with musicians, like, if you talk to an old-school musician, like, from the 60s and 70s, like, I mean, like a, a I'm not saying any names, okay, but, but you, 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 talk, you talk to a musician that's been a musician for a long time, and they'll talk about how they don't like modern music because there's so much synthesized sounds in it, and it's because they want the real thing, because they want to be able to tweak it, because they, they want it raw. They want the, they, the, are, you, are you hearing me? Well, this is what so many people are doing with life, is just like the candy, just like the fast food and all the other stuff, we're, we're going after, and we're, I think we're all probably guilty of this to some degree or, or another, we're going after what we really desire, which is that life, that source, those nutrients, the vitamins, the things that bring us strength, we're going after energy, we're going after sustainment, we're going after, after rest, we're going after refreshment, listen, we're going after fun, we're going after peace, are, are you hearing me on this? We're going after confidence. Like we're going after it. But we keep grabbing all the wrong things. And we're left wanting. In fact, Proverbs says it like this. That there's a way. It says in Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, there's a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. Then he says, even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. See, I, I, I had a season in my life where I was pursuing the things of God, but I, I got caught up in some things for a little while. And I began to replace the presence of God with other things, with the processed, with the synthesized product. I remember there was, there was a season in my life where I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't go to sleep without guzzling down NyQuil because I was just so full of stuff. And I, couldn't, I actually couldn't go to sleep without, before I had the NyQuil, having a couple of beers. And that was in Bible college. Because I was so often doing all these other things that I, I was so busy that I wasn't tapping into the right source, and I began to get a synthesized version of what I was really after. And that's how a lot of people are living their life. It may not be NyQuil and beers, but it could be something else. But, but here's, put, keep, that, keep that scripture up on, on, on there, Proverbs 14, because I, I want you to see something that, that this is wisdom, okay? This is, this is a nugget of wisdom. He says this, even in laughter, the heart may ache. And rejoicing may end in grief. Let me just tell you, if, if you're here and you know that you've been, you've been synthesizing God, you've been synthesizing his presence, in your heart of hearts, you're broken, and you know it. In your heart of hearts, you're weary, and you know it. In your heart of hearts, you're empty, you're dead. You're, you may be smiling, you may be laughing. It, it always amazes me, and I'm always blown away. And this has happened too many times in my life where either I've known someone or I've heard about someone where they're, they seem like they're enjoying and loving life. And then a day or two later, you find out they're no longer with us because they took their life. Why? Because the thing that they were scratching and clawing for, they kept, they kept putting all this processed, synthesized God into their life. And it only led to death. It's just the reality. 
We, we, add, we just put all these other things in there. And if that's you today, I just want to encourage you to stop putting the processed God into your life and get to the real thing. You know, this, this last, la- last week uh, after church, man, I, can't, I went home. Yeah, we had an awesome time. By the way, that, that was fun last week, right? Just, they wouldn't let me get on the pony. Um, the lady was like, I got, I got right up there, and I thought, this is going to happen. And she looked at me with like a look of terror on her face. <laughs> and she was trying to be so kind about it. She's like, you know, she's doing the up and down thing, you know, like, uh, kids only. And I was like, oh, okay, you could just said like, weight limit. <laughs> that's like, that's like, like, you ain't got to lie, man. Like, <laughs> we already paid you for it, so <laughs> we're not going to kick you out. Like, it's fine. I just wanted to give it a try. Like, that's all. That's all. But I went home after that, and I, I, this does, I don't actually do this on Sundays normally, but I, I, I knocked out. I was wiped out, and I actually wasn't feeling very well. And then I woke up Monday, and I pushed myself, and I did some more things, and, but I was still kind of wiped out. And then Tuesday, I pushed through, had a meeting that evening, and I, was, I still wasn't feeling right, and I pushed through, but I, I just kept going, and I was, the whole time, I was filling myself with things like coffee and coffee and coffee, more coffee, and I have more coffee on the front row right there waiting for me after this. Don't throw it away. Don't, don't. And then Wednesday I woke up, and I, like, I, 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 this rarely happens, I couldn't really move. I was laid on our couch, and I slept almost the whole day because my body was just craving real rest. But not just real rest. When, when I was finally like alert, and Rachel was asking, what do you need? And I said, I, I need something cold. You know what I'm talking about. I need something cold, and I need something sweet. But it's something like citrusy, and what I couldn't, I, I was trying to describe it, and what I was saying what I needed was I need fruit. I need vitamin C. I, I need this nutrient to come in me to start working on my immunity and to start giving me some strength. I need some vitamin D. Like, I need these things to come in me, and my body is craving the sweetness of what provides those vitamins. And so she went and got these all fruit, like pineapple. Uh, it was amazing, like pineapple and peach and orange. I sucked the mess out of those things. They were so good. And then she bought some more fruit, and I was just guzzling down, fruit, just eating tons of fruit. And all of a sudden, my energy started coming up. And, all, and you know what I didn't want, like I normally would want? I didn't want any Mike and Ikes. And, 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 and here's why, because the Mike and Ikes will only just leave, leave me wanting more and more and more and more and more. And, and I'm, I'm hopefully waking somebody up this morning to say, stop going after the Mike and Ikes of life. Stop going after the synthesized products because it's actually, it's actually leading to death. It's actually leading to more harm. It's actually going to leave you wanting. But here's what happens when you go after the real source, when you go after God. This is what the psalmist said in Psalm 34, 8. And this would be my suggestion to you. If you're trying to get, if you're trying to get rest, let, let me just tell you, if you need rest, this, I love summer vacations. I told you, I, I love the summertime. One of the things about summer is that we get to rest. We can have fun. We can enjoy ourselves, right? Anybody like that, right? I, I love it. I love it. But we start tapping into the wrong things. And let me just tell you, you keep on wanting more. You keep on wanting. You keep craving. Your addiction to it becomes stronger and stronger until it destroys you. That's just what happens with all these things. But here's what the psalmist says. You can put that back up. He says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's what I want you to do. I want this summer, here's your essential right here, taste God, see God, and here's what you're going to find out, he's good, that, 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 that's the best. You know, when, when I go on, when, I go, when I'm in my right mind and I'm in my moments and my seasons where I'm eating healthy and right, guess what I don't want? I don't actually want the candy, I actually don't want the synthesized stuff, I, and I, in fact, I don't need it. Like, with co- like, my coffee intake goes way down. You know why? Because I, I'm not, let me, all you caffeine heads like me, okay, let me, just, let me just tell you something. When you're drinking all that coffee and that caffeine, here's, here's what it's not doing. It's actually not giving you energy. It's actually just suppressing some things. That's actually what's going on, and that's why you keep drinking more and more of it, because there's a cap to it. And that's why when you're done drinking it, you crash, because the more and more that's in you and the heavier, heavier that's on you, listen, the harder the fall is, it's, it's going to be for you. That, that's, just, that's just what happens. 
And so we've got to fill ourselves with the right things. And so all those, all those things that are synthesizing God and synthesizing what I'm really after, all that stuff starts to go away and I get the real thing and then I'm satisfied. Like it lasts me longer. It sustains in me longer. So he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he says this, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. In other words, who starts to live in God, who starts to find their life in God, who takes, re- that's what a refuge is. Like I come and I find God, like I'm living in him. He's my shelter. So I start to shelter in God. Fear the Lord. We're going to talk about this this year at some point, but the spirit of the fear of the Lord. By the way, this is what it says about Jesus, about the fear of the Lord, that the fear of the Lord is a spirit. It's, part of, it's one of the spirits of God, and it rested on, on Jesus, and he delighted in the fear of the Lord. Oh, man, could you delight in the fear of God? Okay, we go. that's just preview for future. Okay, so fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him, say it with me, lack nothing. We got to understand what the fear of the Lord is. Okay, so that's why we're going to get into it. But he says this the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack what? No thing or no good? When you seek God, you lack no good thing. In other words, when you seek God, you have everything that you need. But it's not just everything that you need, you have everything you want. All the other stuff stops becoming things that you're chasing. You don't need it to have a good life. You don't need it to have a good summer. You know, I, I used to think that ministry was what satisfied my life. This was years ago. So I just chased ministry. And then my son was born, and I took a month off of ministry. We just took a month away. And you know what I found out? Ministry is not what satisfies me. Ministry is not what fulfills me. You know what fulfills me? Well, yes, God, but my family. I found out during that season, it doesn't matter where I go. As long as I have my family with me, I, you can leave. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but, <laughs> but you can go. As long as my family's with me, I'm good. You know, before, before, before I came in this morning, I was sitting in the parking lot, and I was just, just sitting there thinking, I was taking some notes on some things, and I was praying before I came in, and I just, I just told the Lord, I said, God, if, if no one comes in today, can you come? And if a bunch of people come today, can you come? Because if you don't come, we're going to lack. Like, it's, it's not going to be good. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And I wonder how many of our homes lack good thing? How many of our hearts lack the good thing? And could it be because there's a way that seems right, but in the end it's leading to death? That you might be laughing and there might be all kinds of stuff going on, but in your heart of hearts there's heartache. And there actually isn't any rejoicing. In your heart of hearts, you're empty. You might have a bunch of people around you, but you're actually lonely. You're not satisfied. So I want, I want to help us in just the next few minutes. Can I help us to get that, that good thing? And so first, before I give us a few things of how to get into the presence of God and how to experience the manifest presence of God, I want to, I want to show you a few things that keep us actually away from the manifest presence. Like what keeps us away from God? What keeps us out of God's presence? And the first thing that keeps us out of God's presence is our sin. And, and here's what I don't mean. I don't mean that our sin causes God to push away from us or to stay away. What I mean by this is our, our sin causes us to try to hide ourselves away from God. Remember, in, in, when sin first came into the world, we actually see this. And this, this is, if you just examine yourself, this is probably how a lot of us act a good amount of time. Is, is in, it's found in Genesis chapter 3. You can put that on the screen, Genesis 3. And it says this, the man and his wife, this is right after they sinned, they ate the, the, the fruit in the garden. It says, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. He, he was coming to meet them. The manifest presence of God was coming. He was coming to encounter them. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And this is what happens so often. We can come into church like this 
And we can be worshiping and singing God's goodness and his presence is here and people are connecting and engaging. And some of us, we won't because of the sin that's in our life because we feel like we're unworthy. We feel like if, if I try to talk to God, he is going to kill me. And so we're here, but we're not actually engaging him. And so his omnipresence is here, but you're not actually experiencing his manifest presence. You're kind of trying to hide yourself. Some of us, we just won't even give thanks because we say, if I even begin to acknowledge God in my life, all kinds of stuff is going to come at me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever experienced that? And so for days and weeks and maybe even months, you just don't even engage God. You don't talk to him. Listen, you don't lift your hands up to him. You don't worship him. You don't give thanks to him. You don't commend anything. You don't even ask him for help on anything. And it's because the sin is eating away at you and you're just trying to hide away. Like if I just don't talk to God, like if I just, like we're in the same room, but if I just don't have a conversation with him, I'll never have to deal with all the consequences of my junk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But that's not God's heart. There's a lie. That's a lie that the enemy tells us to condemn us. And there's self-condemnation where, in fact, James, I believe it's in James that says that the heart condemns you. That's what the Bible says, that our hearts actually condemn us. And so this is where we have to get to the truth that God loves us no matter what. In fact, this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 5. He says, God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, while you were in your junk and you didn't have an idea of God and you were just kind of living the way that you wanted to live, doing your own thing, being rebellious, whether you realized it or not, Jesus had already died for you. And he said, this is how much I love you. While you're in your junk, I'm going to come as close to you as possible and save you. The moment that sin entered the world, God went into rescue mode because of his great love. He did not say, shame on you. You know, a few weeks ago, my daughter, if you saw one of my kids, you saw her all bruised up. And it's because she was doing something that she shouldn't have been doing. She was walking at school, waxy floor with no shoes on. Coming out of class, and she slipped and busted her head on the concrete floor. And she had a big old swollenness and black and blue. and all. I mean, she, she looked horrible. It was scary. And the school called me, and they go, hey, uh, I, or actually, I called them back, and I, I said, is everything okay? And they said, well, Lilia fell. And I said, oh, okay. It's, I shouldn't have said her name, but anyway, she, they, they said, they, she, she fell. Um, and I said, okay, so what's going on? They said, you should come down here. When the school says you should just come on down, and they don't say nothing else, like, no details, nothing, like, you should come on down. It's like, okay, I'm praying in the spirit right now. Like, we're going. And so I, I jetted, got to grab the kids, and got down there, and I see her sitting in the hallway, and she's got a pack right here and a pack right there, and she's looking down like this, and she's just sitting there, and she takes all this off, and it's a big old lump and blood, and I mean, it's, it is a bad sight, and everybody starts describing what's going on, and then, you know, like, how did this happen? That's one of the questions, how did this happen? And I'm sitting there going, how did you let my kid get hurt? Like, that's what I'm thinking, right? That, that's, that's the first, what did you not do? <laughs> like, what's going on here? And then they start to say, well, here's what was going on. And they don't say she did this, but they start explaining, yeah, she was walking out. And I know my child, so she was probably running out or goofing around while she's coming out. And she didn't have any shoes on, then she slipped. And immediately I knew she wasn't following the rules. You know what I did not do? I didn't start shaming her. I didn't start correcting her. She already felt convicted. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, she knew <laughs> there's consequences to my actions. She didn't need me in that moment to say, now, you see what happens when you don't listen to your daddy? You see what happens? This is what I've been trying to teach you at home. I, she didn't need none of that. All I said was, are you okay? I'm here. You're going to be okay. Daddy, do I need to go to the hospital? Mm -mm, not right now. Come here. Let me hold you. I prayed for her and I loved her, and I made her laugh. I consoled her. I just wanted her to know, you'll be all right. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go see a nurse called your grandma, because <laughs> she's a nurse, and so I'm, we're gonna take her there, and we're gonna, we're gonna check you out, then we're gonna keep an eye on you, and then we're just gonna keep making sure that you're doing good, and then we're gonna take you to the doctors when we need to take you to the doctors, and I'm just talking to her, and never once did I sit there and go, oh. But when it was appropriate, I said, hey, what'd you learn? Follow the rules. Yeah. You got it? Got it. 
Cool. And every day since then, how you doing? How you feeling? Come here, I love you. That's how God is with us. But we get this lie in us that would make us think that that's actually not how God operates with us. But your God is loving. And he's quick to the rescue. The Bible says that he's slow to anger and he's quick to forgive. He's rich in love. That's why we say, great is your loving kindness and your tender mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. You know what that means? It's infinite. We can't even understand infinite because it's boundless. Let me just tell you, God's mercy toward you and his love toward you, his grace toward you is boundless. You cannot measure it because there's no beginning or end to it. It's just there and it never runs out. He's just constantly merciful and he is mercy. He doesn't just have mercy, he is mercy. This is our God. Here's the second reason, I'm gonna try to go a little faster, our pride. Anybody like to hang out with arrogant people? Arrogant people don't like to hang out with arrogant people, right? Like prideful people are like, you're prideful, I don't like you. <laughs> like get out of my circle, right? Because there's only one room for a prideful person here, right? Like that's, but, but God, no one likes prideful people. Here's what, here's what the Bible says about God, how he handles pride. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You know what this means? When you start coming in and you're all prideful and arrogant, God says this, check yourself. Back up. Why? You, you, can't, you can't come in here with that attitude. Do you know who I am? Do you know who you're around? Don't think, nah, -uh, don't think, don't think that you're that, this and that. P pride, arrogance, God doesn't like it. So that, keep, that, keeps, that actually keeps us from engaging with God. He doesn't want to hang out with an arrogant person. He doesn't want to be prideful. He loves you, but he can't do all that. Here's the, here's the third thing, and, and, and it's, this, it's our lack of awareness. I think this one is the easiest for all of us to fall into. Lack of awareness. Like, we're just, like, we're just we forget, like, we just forget about God. Like, we, we just straight up forget that he exists. We forget that he is causing the air in our lungs to continue to flow properly. We forget that he's the one that causes our heart to continue to beat. He's, we forget that he's the one that causes us to stand up straight. Like, we forget. We forget he's the one that woke us up this morning. We forget that he's the one that's providing for us. We forget that he's the one that caused us to be. Like, we forget that it's God. Like, we forget Listen, we forget that we used to be like this and that it, God is the one that's brought us over here. Like, we forget it. We forget it. And God warns us about it. And he warns, is anybody getting anything out of this? Yeah. Y'all are, are quiet right now. Y'all are just looking at me like, why are you talking about this? It's because it's an essential, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8.10 says this. When you've, when you've eaten and satisfied and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. This is, this is before they get into the promised land, the children of Israel. And he's given them some warning. He's telling, letting them know this is how you live in the promised land. Like, this is how you live in prosperity. This, this is how you live in the goodness of God, when things are working. This, this is how you live in it. So he says, when you get in that land, and you're, you've eaten, and you're satisfied, you're like, oh, man, I got some rest. I got some relief. Don't do what everybody else does, which is they forget about God. He says, praise the Lord. Praise him for the good land he's given you. And then he says this, be careful. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord. And can I just say, this is my biggest concern for our church is that we will forget the Lord. Like individually, in our families, but it's my biggest concern for us corporately that we'll experience God's goodness and his blessing and his favor so much so that we'll get caught up in systems and programs and become a corporation and an organization rather, rather than staying an organism and a part of the body to the head, which is Jesus. And so every day I'm, I'm coming before the Lord. Every week I'm coming before God and saying, don't let us forget you. Don't let us forget you. And that's my prayer for you, especially during the summertime, is God, don't, don't, don't let us forget you. Don't let us forget you. Because here's what he says, be careful that you don't, you don't forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, 
When you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, listen, in other words, when everything is working well for you, when things are going the way that you had hoped, when you've come out of some bondage, when you've come out of some oppression, when you've gotten free in some things, when you've gained some victories, when those dreams start to become realities and you no longer have to believe for them, you just live in them. Because when you're in the wilderness, you're believing. Here's what he's saying. When you're no longer believing God, having to cry out for a miracle for your bills to be paid or for food to come in or for healing to come or for your marriage to be restored, whatever that might be, because it's just happening. It's just flowing in your life because God's goodness is just flowing in your life. You're experiencing his might, his prosperity, his favor, his grace in your life. When you start to live in that, be careful that you don't forget about it because then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. In other words, you'll start to think that it's, it's because of all of your hard work that you got here. Well, see, it's because I was so diligent. See, I read my Bible every day. I'm on a streak right now. However many days in the year there has been, I have read my Bible every single day. I'm like, man, that is awesome. And one of those days, it was just a verse. You know why? Because I forgot to read my reading for that day. But before I fell asleep, I was like, oh, I got, I got, I got to get my streak. Boop. <laughs> All right, I read a verse. And Rachel looked at me like, for real? <laughs> let, 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 let me just say, I'm thankful for my wife because she keeps me in check. Like, she's a good woman. Like, she doesn't let me exaggerate on anything. She, she, didn't let, she didn't let me play games. Like, if I come up here and I tell a story, she'll be like, that, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> no, I remember it happened like that. It was like, remember? And she's like, no, no, that's not how it happened. It happened like this. Boom, 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 boom. And I go, oh, so I, I didn't really do anything for that, huh? No. <laughs> You had absolutely nothing to do. This is how we live our lives sometimes. Instead of, instead of just remembering that it's God that brought us in. Yeah. And it's God that freed us. Listen, it's God that's giving me the desire yeah. to be in his word. It's God that's stirring my heart to pray. It's God that's stirring my heart to give. It's God that's stirring my heart to serve. It's God that is building my faith. It's God that's speaking to my heart and making things come alive and letting me see things. It's God. It's God. It's God. And here's what happens. When we forget that it's God that's doing it, we, we, this is where the temptation, it, anybody, are you checking with me still, right? I just want to make sure I'm not like, because I ain't got no medicine in me today. I feel good. We, we, can, um, we can fool ourselves into thinking well, because I work so hard today, it's going to touch some, some toes. Just going to let you know. This one is. I love you. I'm not thinking of anybody. Just want you to know. Because I don't know nobody. I don't know this stuff. But we can fool ourselves. I work so hard today or this season. Let me just open up a few and get a little buzzed so that I can have a little relief. I work so hard, or I have so much going on, and it's legal now. Let me just smoke a little, or eat a little. I've earned it. I deserve it. Nobody in this room, nobody in our church like that, or it's okay to compromise, I'll just watch. Can we be real? You know, my, my biggest issue with diets is that I fool myself every time I get right up to a milestone. I've earned it, let me eat whatever I wanna eat. And then I wonder why I never reached the goal, because I earned it. We fool ourselves into thinking, I can just put whatever in my... Listen, the Lord convicts you on whatever you need to be convicted on. I'm not talking about what you can and cannot do. All things, the Bible says, let me be real clear on this, all things are permissible, is what Paul said. And then he said right after that, but are all things beneficial? 
Sure, it's permissible. It's not necessarily beneficial. Sometimes there's seasons to say no to certain things, right? And sometimes it's just a flat out no because the Holy Spirit's convicting. Are you tracking with me? But this is how we fall into traps because we start to think, I am working so hard. I have been fighting so hard. I have been, I have been, I did, I, and it's still this, it's this I, 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 that our life is just, it's I, 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 and we forget that it's God, 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 and so we start to supplement, we start to synthesize God to get what we're really needing. Yes, you are working hard. Yes, you have been battling. Yes, you have, yeah, absolutely, but it's been by God's grace, and you know what's actually going to fulfill you and refill you and get you to keep moving forward? It's not that synthesized product. That's actually going to dull you out. It's actually going to dry you out. In the end, it will end up leading to death. I just, pro- I promise you, this is, what, this is what the word says. If you're not getting to the source, to the true source of the life, of the nutrients, you will always be lacking. So this is why the psalmist says, taste and see that it's him that's good. My day off is Mondays. That's, that's, that's my day off because okay, I, I work all the way up through for today. Everything I do is... I'm working, I'm praying, I'm leading, I'm thinking so that I can come and feed people. So I can come and, and share a word that I believe is from God, okay? So Mondays is my day off. It's my wife's day off. So if you don't hear from us on a Monday, by the way, it's because it's our day off. We're just, whoop, unless it's an emergency. Here's what I do on my day off. I get into the word. I'm not, I don't necessarily, I'm not super necessarily heavy, like, ah, doses, but I've got to stay connected to the source. God, fuel, fuel me up today. I'm gonna to rest in you today, God. Sometimes, you know, we, we can be doing the word, we can get, be getting in the word, but not actually getting into God's presence. It's like this last week, as I'm working through this, I'm being convicted because the Lord's dealing with me on, you know, you're getting into the word daily, but you, you put your guitar down. You put your piano down. Why don't you get with me on that guitar first? And then get into the word and see what else happens. See, because it's, it's his presence. So let me give you real, real quick three, three things, and I'm going to let you out of here. Is that okay? I'm going to go fast. Ready? I'm going to give you four things. <laughs> Here's how you get in and stay in. Number one, be thankful. Just start thanking God. Like, just start thanking him. God, I thank you for that bird that's chirping waking me up. That's fine. Thank you, because I needed to get up. Psalm 100 verse 4 says this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. If you want to get into God's presence, if you want to engage with him, you just start giving thanks to him. You know what it is? It's acknowledging him. It's just thanking him for all the stuff. This this is one of the reasons why, um, why we sit down at the table and before we eat, we thank God. For the food. And you know what it, you know what ends up happening, especially with kids, because they'll really they'll teach you how to pray a lot of times. You say, Yeah, you can pray. And then sometimes you start to go, Hey, pray just for the food. You know what I'm talking about? Because they start giving thanks and they start thinking about all kinds of stuff, like a whole bunch. God, thank you. I thank you for the mirror that's on the wall. And Lord, I thank you for the sun that's shining. And you're sitting there like, I want to eat my chicken. Like, like just, just eat. You're over here, just pray, because I want to eat. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll tap the table. <laughs> and I felt convicted because my kid is learning to give thanks, because they start thanking for the food. And I, here's what I think happens. I think they just start remembering. They start thanking God for classmates. and th- I'm like, just tell me about your day. Go on, tell me about your day. But when you start to thank God, listen, you just start to acknowledge him, and you start to become aware of him and his activity in your life. The second thing, be humble. So a whole bunch of bees. Be thankful, be humble. God resists the proud, but here, li- listen to this, James 4, 8. It says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Here's, here's, here's the humility. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, you're trying to hold on to the world and you're trying to hold on to God at the same time and you can't do it. He doesn't share. So shift your mind. 
He wants all of your heart. He wants all of your affection. He doesn't want to share it. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all. In other words, he stays in first place. It's not he's the first thing, it's, he's not the first thing on the day and then we forget about him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got a to-do list, a checklist. Okay, so I, I did my thanks and I read my verse or I read my chapter and then for the rest of the day, he's not around. No, 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 all. So I start my day off with him and I continue with him and he's in the midst of it all. He's just, he's just constantly there. I'm aware of him. I make decisions because he's with me. So I, you're watching, <laughs> you're with me. Okay, that's all I have to say, right? And then he says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and here's what's gonna happen. He's gonna lift you up. You feeling low? He'll lift you up. Having a hard time at, jo- at your job? He'll lift you up. Humble yourself before him and he will lift you up. Okay, here's number three. Be confident. Just be confident. Some of us, we come to God like, I don't know. And, and it, be confident. Like, be confident like a little kid has, they don't know protocols. They don't know titles. They don't know position. They don't know any of that. If you, listen, if they're your kid and they see you, they don't, they don't care what's going on. Like, they'll just run and they will interrupt everything because they're just confident about you and their relationship with you. They can just come straight up to you. Hebrews 4 says this, Now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Like, take advantage of it. We don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, everything but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give Take the mercy and accept the help, y'all. Just come confidently to him and say, God, I need you. Anybody desperate today? Anybody in need today? No protocols. You just go straight to him and say, God, I need you. Listen, yes, give thanks. Some of us, we hear give thanks and we go, well, I can't ask for help until I just come. God, thank you for being my high priest. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for always wanting to help me. So God, would you help me in the midst of this? I need your presence. I need your life. I need your strength, God. Oh, Lord, I need your self-control so I don't go off on these kids. You know what I'm talking about? Parents, summer vacation. You know how to pray for me now, right? I've said it enough. Okay, pray for me. Okay, and here's the fourth thing. Be intentional. Just be intentional. Like, don't wait for your feelings to... You timing me? (laughs) All my men of God, I need you to come and not. (laughs) Be intentional. Psalm 103, and we're gonna get out of here. Let me just put that on there. Let Let me read this, I love this. Just say those first three words with me. Oh my soul. Who's he talking to? Himself. Sometimes we just need to tell ourselves. We just, see, we wait for the feelings. I don't feel it. I don't know of any relationship, friendship or romantic, professional, any relationship that has ever worked based off of feelings. We, we, I don't feel like it, so I'm just not going to. Just must not be in the cards, so I'm not feeling it. They didn't play that song. It's, the candle wasn't lit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Some of us, we need, like, got to have a candle, and then the plant over here, and the sun isn't shining just right, and we're not in our chair, and so we're like, I can't get into his presence because I just, because the feeling's not there. And he, the psalmist just says, oh, my soul, you better bless God. This, this is how I, I say it. You better, ble- you better stop playing games, boy. You better bless him today. You better praise him from head to, to, to toe. I'll bless his holy name. He's, he's being intentional. This is what I'm going to do, making a decision. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, every one of them. He heals your diseases, every one of them. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. 
he wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. And I'm loving this one more and more and more as I'm getting a little bit older. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Right? Listen, if nothing else, see, I heard a whole bunch more amens on that one. Like, oh, hallelujah. Right? And we just start two-stepping and everything up in here. Start praising. Listen, let me, tell you, let, me, let me just say this. Hosea, the book of prophet Hosea said this. God said this through Hosea. He said, my people are, are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. In other words, ignorance. They don't know how, and really the knowledge that he's talking about is they're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge of me. Like they don't encounter me. They don't meet me. They're not in a relationship with me. And here's what I, I, I I'm just pleading with our church this summer let's make God's presence an essential in our life can we do that just as I mean it's not even technically summer yet but as we kick off the season can we just make like the psalmist did can we just make a decision we're not going to be ignorant of him we're, we're not going to miss his presence this summer can we do that come on let's all stand to our feet and as we do that we're going to pray God we thank you for your word we thank you for your presence God, we thank you for the air in our lungs. Come on, can you just begin to give thanks and praise to God? Lord, we praise your name. You are mighty. You are awesome. God, I thank you that you are the one that gives rest to our souls. You're the one that revives us, God. You're the one that strengthens us. I thank you for it. Thank you, God, for giving us sweet sleep at night. Thank you for giving order to our homes. Thank you for giving joy in your presence. God, thank you for allowing us to taste and experience your goodness, God. Thank you for satisfying our lives and our mouths with good things, God. Thank you for forgiving us of all of our sins. God, I thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us renewed energy and strength. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, and we pray, and just agree with me in this. God, make us intentional. God, make us aware of your presence everywhere that we go. And Lord, may this summer not be a summer of going backwards, but may we increase in you, God. May we grow in you more and more, Lord. May we have more awareness, more knowledge of you. And Lord, I pray where there has been emptiness, where there has been death and decay starting to come in our lives because, simply because we just haven't been inviting your presence. We haven't been engaging with you. God, I pray that starting today in the name of Jesus, in our homes, in our vehicles, in our conversations with our kids, in our own minds, God, in our church, that you would be known, that you would, you would, you would be engaged. God, be with us this summer and may your life, may your vigor, may your energy, may your rest, may your joy, God, may your peace, may your love, May your strength, ultimately, God, may your life pour into us and pour out of us and splash on those that are around us. We thank you. We love you. We commit the summer to you, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, and everybody said amen.